praise the Lord. Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. He's greater. Our God is great and mighty, and he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness we shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Ooh. Our God is greater. Yeah. Our God is stronger. Oh, somebody lift him up. Our God is here. Yeah, we 
overcomers, that we've got the victory. Somebody lift your voice and say, our God is great. You are higher, higher than any other. Our God is healer. Jesus, you're awesome in power. And we submit to you, our God. Jesus, we lift you up. Hallelujah. Oh, God, greater is he that is in me than he you are, just lift your hands up and worship him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. What a mighty Savior. And his name is Jesus. The matchless Lamb of God who was slain before the very foundations of the earth. We are so grateful to be in God's house again today. And we are inviting you to come back as restrictions are being uh, lifted and uh, lessened in terms of uh, how they're being enforced. Uh, we're encouraging you, if you haven't been vaccinated, as you uh, talk with the Lord about it, that you would get vaccinated and, and have that protection. Uh, we are also asking you to continue to pray. 
just pray uh, for the death rate that has gone down significantly, significantly in the country and the hospitalizations have been reduced uh, significantly as well. Ventilator use has uh, gone down on an amazing rate. We thank God for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We continue to pray for the families that have lost their loved ones. 560,000 people or more have departed from this world as a result of the coronavirus. And we're not completely out of the woods yet, and we are, we are definitely uh, trusting that you're listening to the Lord so that we are not uh, forsaking together the gathering of ourselves uh, as we are given the opportunity to return. So we have a, a seat for you. We are socially distancing. We're asking you to come back at a 25% capacity right now. And we look forward to the day when all of us can come back into the house of the Lord. There's just something about being in God's house. And so I want to thank each one that is here today. It's just a blessing to have our musicians here, Sister Kanita, uh, 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 representing today, and uh, our multimedia ministry, and listening to uh, Brother uh, Minister Will call down heaven. Amen. Amen. And Deacon Timothy uh, lifting me up in prayer. So I just thank you all that are here today. And this is Pentecost Sunday, uh, the, the, the Sunday of first fruits, when the church of Jesus Christ began back in Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. And churches all around the world are recognizing the birth of the church and returning to the commitment where Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall receive power. Actually, it starts with, but you shall receive power. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The church, the church is returning to its mission. Now I invite you to turn in your copy of the Word of God to the book of James, chapter 1. Powerful word today. Will be life transforming. Reach out to somebody. They need to hear what God has to say to the church today. In the book of James, which was already read in your hearing, and I'll repeat it, chapter 1, would you stand with me as we acknowledge and reverence the word of God? So then, my brethren, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we reach out as we lift up our voices to you. We thank you that you are the God of heaven. And God, there is nothing that is too hard for you to do. You call us to just pray. You said without ceasing, and that is where we will receive power. And so, Heavenly Father, as we are lifting up our voices and believing you that the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous have great benefit, we're asking, oh God, that you would just allow your presence to fall upon us afresh. God, we want to meet you during this time at the table where you have prepared a meal for us to feast. Heavenly Father, we want to be like those sheep that you have led to green pastures, the, 
the sheep, oh God, that you are restoring their souls. Today, oh God, be who you are in the midst of your people as you are ministering to us through your word. And we'd be so careful to give you the praise and the honor in Christ's name. The church said amen. Amen. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. For the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Thank you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Some years ago, I read about a man who was causing a disturbance in a local movie theater. The man was in a very precarious position. In fact, he was lying backward, sprawled over several seats in the movie theater. And he was moaning and he was groaning. And those who had paid their money to attend this popular movie that was being featured became agitated with the man because he was interfering with their ability to get their money's worth. So they alerted the usher, and the usher came, and he said to the man, sir, you're going to have to be quiet. You're going to have to calm down. You're causing a disturbance. You're interfering with other customers' ability to watch the movie. And sir, if you don't calm down, we're going to have to have you leave. Several minutes later, the man, instead of quieting down, he actually got louder and, and his groaning and his uh, moaning and the people began to complain to the ushers even more and so the head usher brought several other staff with him with the intention to take the man forcibly out of the theater. And as they were preparing to lay hands on the brother, one of the ushers heard the man say, I fell down. I fell down out of the balcony. And I can't get up. And so the ushers changed their attitude and action. Instead of throwing the man out of the theater, they called 911 to give him medical attention. So the question is, what changed for these staff members who were simply trying to do their job and what it seemed to call for, the task was to uh, uh, remove the man from the theater? Well, when they moved from the sphere of hearing the man mourning and groaning to listening to what the man was actually saying, they were able to meet the man's need. There is a difference, as we're going to see, between hearing somebody and listening to them. We hear so much noise in our lives that too many of us have stopped listening. Someone has said that the reason God gave us two ears and one mouth 
is so that we could listen twice as much as we talk. One of the greatest needs in the world today is the need to be heard. People need and want to be heard, and that's one of the main reasons why social media is so prominent in so many of our lives. People are saying through their posts, please listen to me. Hear me. I want to be valued. I want to be significant enough for somebody to stop and listen to my cry. When you respond to people on their social media platforms, you are saying to them, I'm listening, and you matter to me. Today, I want us to address what I believe and also social scientists have demonstrated through statistical research, the major cause of relationship breakups and estrangements of people that may be still physically living in the same residence, but they are as far apart as the East and the West. They have taken their leave even though they sleep in the same bed. The primary reason marriage is in isn't adultery. No, it's not debt or children that terrorize the marriage, nor is it in-laws who have become outlaws. The greatest single cause of marriages ending in the divorce court is bad communication. Two people that need to be heard and understood that don't know how to communicate with each other will destroy their marriage and their friendship in ways through poor communication that nothing else can. Communication is the key to every relationship. If a person does not feel heard, they will begin to feel insignificant, unimportant, ignored. They will feel rejection, and that rejection will cause them to retreat from you, to withdraw from you, to shut down. And as they are shutting down, they are building walls to defend their feelings so that you can't hurt them when they're trying to communicate with you but you aren't listening. Now, this will be a two-part sermon that will address two, will address how we can effectively learn how to communicate. And let me just uh, 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 make a, 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 a disclaimer right now. I have not arrived. I am not a master communicator when it comes to personal relationship, I'm working on it. I am absolutely what Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 1. He who began a good work in you, he will complete it. It ain't completed my life, and so I'm working on it. And so some of the things that I'm going to be saying today, some of you who know me say, he don't do that. I'll, I'll confess. So I'm confessing up front. There's some stuff I need to get right. I'm learning. 
Now, what we're going to discover to get today is one of the most effective ways that is required for us to be, to be communicators. We must mute our mic. We must learn to listen and talk less. Mute your mouth. Mute your mic. Your mouth is your mic so that you can hear what others are saying. James puts it this way, so then let every man, and he, he's speaking specifically to Christians, he says, so then brethren, let everyone be swift to hear, be quick to listen, slow to speak, because God is not going to accomplish his will through our wrath. And it's interesting, the, the angrier we get, the faster we talk. In order to effectively communicate, brothers and sisters, we're going to have to mute, mute our mics. Knowing how and when to listen will determine the depth of your relationship. When, and so if you want to have a deep, meaningful relationship with the people that God has placed in your life, you must make a commitment that I am going to learn how to listen. And let me add this. We're moving into, the, into the, the meat of the sermon. The older we get, the worse we are about listening. We don't want nobody to tell. We know. We've done this. We've been successful. How are you going to help us? Listening is not necessarily about changing as much as validating someone's worth. And so one of the ways that you know that you're getting old is not necessarily the chronological age that may, may identify where you are as far as your birth date is concerned. But when we stop listening, you stop growing. Because the only way that you're going to grow is to listen. That's why it's dangerous to cut people off that God is trying to allow you to be that ear that that person may need to hear in order to become all that God intends for them to be. Mute your mic. Knowing how and when to listen will enable you to be an effective communicator. Now, there are just four things that I want to consider with you. First of all, we're going to see, I've already mentioned, there's a difference between hearing something and listening. We're going to see, secondly, that you must follow the example that the Lord has set for us. We have a model. Thirdly, we're going to discover that there are blessings associated with being a good listener. God is going to bless you if you, if you just mute your mic. Mute it. And fourthly, you're going to discover how to mute your mic. We're going to share with you ways that are characteristic of people that are good listeners. First, so we're going to look in Matthew's chapter 11, verses 11 through 15, and we're not going to land there for any uh, substantial amount of time. But I just want to read a portion of Scripture where Christ differentiates hearing from listening. We need to know, the first principle is this, you need to know that there's a difference between hearing and listening. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 through 15, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say unto you, among those born of a woman, there, is not, there has not risen a greater one than John the Baptist. But he 
is the least in the kingdom of heaven, but he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who has come. And then verse 15, he who has ears to hear, let him listen, let him hear. Now, when Jesus makes that statement in verse 15, prior to that comment, he shares four spiritual principles that require that we move beyond the realm of hearing in order to listen to the voice of God. First, he says that servanthood in the, is the, in the kingdom is the way up. Servanthood is not a struggle for the top, but a struggle for the bottom. And so it says, the least in the kingdom, though John is unparalleled in the ministry that he fulfilled, is greater than John if you are a servant. And so if you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to be a servant. Then the second spiritual principle that Jesus shares is that spiritual warfare is a part of building God's kingdom on earth. You're going to be involved in spiritual warfare. The kingdom of God is taken by violence and those, taken by force, and those who accomplish the work of building the kingdom take it by force. And so spiritual warfare, if you say that's a part of your job description, you're in the army now, you're in the Lord's army. So servanthood is the way up. Spiritual warfare is a part of building God's kingdom. And the third principle is that, when, that we need to understand is Scripture confirms God's call even when people reject his call on your life. John the Baptist had come and he said, in fact, the Scriptures predicted that John would be a type of Elisha who would be the forerunner of Christ. And he says, if you are able to receive it, Elijah is here. He has come in the person of John. And so just like God had a call on John the Baptist's life, he has a call on us, and that call will be confirmed in the Scriptures even when people don't see it and may reject you when you acknowledge that this is God's anointing. But then he says, the only way you're going to receive these spiritual principles about servanthood, about spiritual warfare, about scriptural affirmation of call, you got to have ears to hear. And so Jesus makes a contrast between hearing and listening. Now, what's deep is the crowd that was gathered that day, all of them had physical ears. That, that was, he wouldn't say, go, go, go out and get some, uh, some, some surgery so you can actually have earlobes and an ear canal to hear. No, no, no. They all had ears. They'd all heard the same teaching, just like you're listening to me today. You're hearing what God has put on my heart. You don't, we don't lack physical ears to hear. The issue that Jesus is dealing with is that hearing and listening aren't the same. See, the, the, the hearing only involves the natural realm, and, and it enables us to identify sounds. And, but listening in, in equips us to interpret the sounds that we hear. 
We hear sounds all the time, but we don't listen to them. If you listen to every sound, you would never sleep. It would drive you crazy. And sometimes you just slow yourself down enough and start listening to your heartbeat. Your lungs ex expelling air, that, that, that kind of can make you a little nervous. Because you wonder, can I, can I stop my heart? Can I stop my lungs? Some years ago, about 2.50 a.m. in the morning, we heard uh, uh, some noise outside of our house, and, and we, the, the, the police had, had arrived, and their sirens, you could see the sirens through the darkness, and, and we looked out the window, and we could hear the police with drawn weapons saying to one of our neighbors, drop your gun. Drop your weapon. They repeated that command multiple times, but he refused to drop the rifle that he had in his hand. Now, he wasn't pointing it at the officers, but after repeated warnings, one of the officers fired and shot our neighbor right next to our house. Now, the issue wasn't, did our neighbor hear what the police said. Yes, he heard them just like we did. Stop, drop your weapon. Drop. He heard. The problem was he didn't listen to what he heard. When you listen to what you hear properly, you will respond by doing what is required. There's a difference between listening and hearing. The other interesting thing about listening and hearing, it's a choice. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him. It's a decision. Do you want to be a listener, or do you just want to hear people as if it's another interruption of noise? Listening is a choice. You, 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 you can be listening, you can be hearing the sermon right now, but that doesn't mean you're listening to the sermon. He who has ears, let him make a choice to hear with thus saith the Lord. And, and when we choose to hear, you've got to go beyond the physical realm. Uh, uh, the Bible says that the natural man, the man who operates on the level of the five senses, he can hear the word, but he can't respond properly to it because the word of God to the natural man is foolishness. The Bible says he lacks the spirit of God, and so we can respond on the natural realm. But to respond to spiritual truth, we have to have ears that are surrendered to the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible says, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into our hearts what God has prepared for them who love him. And so it's a choice to respond to what you hear by listening. Now, you can't you can hear without listening, but you can't listen without hearing. But it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. One of the things that I really enjoyed as a, as a father with my children and wife was the Christmas season and uh, Christmas Day, everybody would come down to open up their gifts. And they would always say, Dad, open. No, no, no. I, I just enjoy watching my family open the gifts. And then after all of the gifts were open, and everybody was content because uh, we obviously acknowledged the greatest gift of all was Christ, and now because of his gift, we give to each other. Then I would pull out from a hidden place 
or a place where I told them, don't open that one yet. At the end, they would have one last gift. And it would always be the gift that they wanted the most that they thought I would get. It would be most likely I wouldn't get. They, did, they thought, it's too expensive. He didn't, I, I kept saying it over and over. Dad just ignored me. And then when, when the gift would be open, they would be, oh, you God, how did you know? I didn't think you were listening. I didn't think you could afford it. And then I said, when I, when I heard you, you thought I wasn't listening, but because I was listening, I was able to get you what you really wanted. I want you to understand that God is a listening God, and the desire of God's heart for us, if we're going to have a healthy relationship, you've got to move past hearing. You've got to listen. That's how you'll know how to meet somebody's need, because you've listened. You've listened. You can't listen if you're always talking. You can't listen if you don't mute it. And you can't listen if you don't know how or unwilling to give somebody else the mic. <laughs> Here's the second thing. You need to follow God's example. God is our example. Listen to Psalm 34, verses 15 through 20. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and he and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, who cut off to cut off their, the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out in the Lord. He does what? He hears, he listens, and delivers them out of all how much? All of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who are brokenhearted. And save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. He guards all of his bones. No, none of them, not one of them will be broken. God himself, our heavenly father, is our example of how to mute the mic. Listen what the scripture says. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. That means that God makes eye contact. One of the most important uh, 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 skills of a, of, a, of a good listener is a, a, a good listener will look at you. Will make eye, God, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. He makes eye contact with us. I'm talking about the God of the universe who's responsible for every detail, every star, billions and trillions of stars in the galaxy. He's not so busy that he doesn't keep eye contact when we cry. God gives us his undivided attention when we're talking to him. He says, the eyes of the Lord are upon you. Personalize that God is making eye contact when I'm crying out in my prayers. He is making eye contact. He's giving me his undivided attention while at the same time he doesn't miss anything that's going on in the universe for all those who are praying to him at the same time I'm praying. He's got that too. I think that's why they call him God. God remains silent. And he waits patiently until the righteous cry. Cry out. Listen to what Psalms 34, uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13 says. He who answers the matter before he hears it, it is foolish 
and shame to him. God doesn't respond to our need until he knows what the need is, even though he already knows. <laughs> he's making eye contact with me. He, he's making, giving me his undivided attention, but he's also patiently listening until I'm finished. He remains silent, and he waits patiently until the righteous cry. God allows the righteous to express their feelings, whatever they are. He talks about a contrite and broken spirit. You can come to God with your mess. You can come to God with your confusion. You can come to God when you're angry. You, you, well, you don't be angry with God. He already knows you're angry. He doesn't say you're angry, but sin not. You can come to God with whatever is going on. And so God not only gives me eye contact, undivided attention, waits until I speak, but he allows me to say whatever's on my heart. Oh, if we were more like God. Oh, if we could be more like him. And I, I declare to you that because we have the spirit of God living in us, we can model what God has already demonstrated. Here's the fifth thing. God meets our real need. Our real need. The Bible says, after we have cried and he has heard us, then the scripture says, then he delivers us from all of our trouble. He doesn't deliver us from our trouble until we tell him what the trouble is. He meets real need. I was always amazed. My wife and I, we'd be in the basement. She'd be either ironing, watching TV, washing clothes, sewing something, or doing a, a book report. We're way in the basement, and the baby's on the, on the third level. And she said, the baby's crying. I said, no, he ain't. And she said, turn, turn down the, turn down. Now, you got all this, the iron going, the radio, the TV, sewing, doing a book report. And somehow, she knew that if so you turn everything down, guess what? The baby was crying. And, 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 and before she got to where the baby was, she was able to say, he's hungry. <laughs> he needs to be changed. He needs to be. How in the world does a mother know why her baby's crying? I want you to know that that nine months that the baby spent in your womb enabled a mother to have a level of sensitivity to that, 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 that gift that God has placed in her that unlike any other human being, a mom knows the cry of her child. Sometimes it doesn't matter how old you are as a child. You can be somewhere in China or Timbuktu. A mother will sense in her spirit, my son is crying. My child is in trouble. And here's the deep part about it is that they know the nature of the cry even before the child calls her. And they'll say, I'm praying for you. about." And so, oh, mama, how did you know? Just like our mothers know, and we are amazed by that, intu that in uh, intuition and, and that, that in maternal bond, our Heavenly Father is our example. That we should respond based on the cry. We don't dictate to a person what their need is. After hearing them, we can say, is this what you need? And then when you met the need, then they've been delivered out of that trouble. Somebody say amen. There is a difference between hearing and listening. Let him who has an ear 
listen. Make a choice. I want to hear. Go on, baby. You can talk. Go on. I'm going to sit here until you finish. Go on. I'm going to turn my cell phone off. That's one of our rules. If I'm paying for dinner, I don't care how old you are. If you're my child, we're somewhere at dinner. You ain't playing with you. need to shut the cell phone down or you play for your own meal. No, no. The cell phone has been a tremendous disruptor of community. If you're going to doctor's offices or places where noise, where just a buzz in the air, nobody's talking anymore because we're all distracted. But good listeners are not distracted. They follow the example of God because good listeners know there's a difference between hearing and listening. They also know that God makes eye contact with us. He gives us his undivided attention. He lets us tell us his genuine identity. Genuine now, let me, let me move on. You with me? Say amen. You with me? Yeah, amen. You need to know there's a blessing. There are blessings associated with listening, it costs nothing to listen. It, it really costs nothing. It, it's actually rude and ignorant. And you, you may have experienced this. You don't have to be degreed to have spiritual insight. But there's some people who think that if you don't have a certain color skin or certain credentials, that no matter what you say, you can tell them that the bridge is broken, and if you drive any further, you're going to go over the cliff. But because you weren't doctor so-and-so, they're going to drive until they go over the cliff. We need to understand that anybody that will listen to us, not only will God bless them, but he'll bless you if you listen. Now watch this. Here we go. Here's some, here's some blessings that are attached to being a good listener. Listening helps us to become wise. Proverbs says, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Listening instructs us correctly, and wisdom helps us to respond appropriately. You've heard about educated fools, people who have so much book knowledge but no common sense. Wisdom addresses the lack of common sense. It tells us how to properly apply what we have learned. So scripture says, you want to to be wise? Listen. Listening leads to greater intimacy, Psalm 116, verse 1. David said, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. When people, and this is deep, how do our daughters get caught in, caught up in relationships with pedophiles on the internet. The pedophile will listen to them. The pedophile will convince them that what they're saying, even though it may make no sense, that it matters. And when you think that what you're saying matters to someone, it makes you want to talk to them more. David said, I love you because you hear my cry. You want more love? Listen to the person that you want the love from. You want to be loved more? Stop talking and listen more. I was on the phone with uh, one of the pastors, uh, Pastor Canty, years ago. 
Man, I had a, a shipwreck day. This is one of the worst days in my life. I called him. I, I mean, I must have been talking a mile a minute, and I started sharing what was going on. He's in Atlanta at this time. And I went on for about 15 straight minutes, and then I realized he hadn't said a word. And I'm thinking, this dude done hung up on me. <laughs> I'm feeling foolish. And I said, are you there? He said, yeah, I've I, I just been listening. And he was able to tell me everything I said. He said, I've been jotting down to make sure that I miss it because I wanted to know exactly what happened to you today. Listening leads to greater intimacy, increased meaningful communication. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, Therefore I will call upon him as long as I live because you listen. You listen. Have you ever been around somebody? You might have just met them. You start, you introduce yourself. Next thing you know, you tell them all your family business. Some people just have that ability to listen. And we have the need to be heard because no one has made eye contact with us to say in the busyness of our life, and especially to during the pandemic, that's why we got to come back together. We need to make some eye contact. Oh, yeah, I got my family. No, 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 no. The family of God needs to come back together because there's some gift. There's some, there's some, there's some, there's some interaction that is needed to push you to where God wants you to be. Here's another blessing of listening, less stress and anger. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, because the wrath of God is not accomplished. God's righteousness is not accomplished through your, through your anger. Here's, deep, here's what's deep about anger. As we, 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 when two people are yelling at each other, at the moment you're yelling, you stop listening. You're no longer listening. Just realize, you're just wasting your time. The only thing that can happen as, yell, as you're yelling at you is it's going to escalate to something worse. But we keep yelling because we want to be heard, and we will yell even to be heard, even if it means hurting the person that's not listening to us. Be swift to hear. Slow down. And listen, and, and, and you've experienced this. You, you've gotten into this heated discussion or, or disagreeing with somebody, and by the time you finish, you don't even know what you were arguing about. <laughs> you just know you're mad. You know you want to shut this thing down. Less stress and anger is a blessing. Here's another blessing from listening. You can, you can correct you can give a correct answer and meet real needs when you listen. This is especially true when we're dealing with our children. The Bible says, he who answers the matter before he hears it is, is foolish and it's shameful. How are you going to answer somebody before they finish telling you what you need to hear? And so listening enables you to understand where your child is. I'm not saying let your child be disrespectful. What I'm saying to you is to maintain the relationship is to allow yourself to, to give that child your undivided attention without shutting them down and answering them. And sometimes people are not even looking for answers. They just want to be heard. 
Somebody say amen. Listening enables us to draw out the deep things in a person's heart. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says. A person's thoughts are like deep, are like water in a deep well. But someone with insight can draw them out. That's why we pay therapists hundreds of dollars an hour. All they do is sit and listen. <laughs> you pay millions, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to somebody to sit across from you to listen. Because when, they, when you're able to say what's on your heart, uh, the listener is able in their trend, and it's a skill to pull out things that are buried, that are hidden, that have scarred you, that, 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 that go beyond the surface. And, and, and when you can listen and ask the right questions, before you know the person, all of a sudden you say, this person, they're crying, they're weeping, they're, they're stretched out, and, and they're crying out to God for forgiveness or, or forgiving someone. Why? Because somebody for the first time listened. Peace and safety are a benefit to those who listen. Oh, I love Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. It says, but whoever listens to me, wisdom, the word me is the personification of wisdom, will live safely and be at ease without fear of harm. A good listener will avoid mistakes that other people make. You can rest at night because you know that what you were supposed to do to protect yourself and your family, you did it. Why? Because you listen. A storm is coming tomorrow. I don't listen to the news. All they talk about is something negative. You know the news is fake anyway. And you, you wake up the next day, your car is floating down the block. <laughs> if you had simply listened... Sometimes you have to eat the meat and throw away the bones, but you got to listen. Here's another benefit of being a good listener. You can restore broken relationships. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. That's the blessing of listening. You, you, well, you, let me call sister so-and-so and tell her what he did or she did. No! Sister, go to the person who hurt you. Tell them what the offense was. And if they move to the spiritual realm beyond simply hearing and they listen, the scripture says, now you've got reconciliation. The broken has been fixed. In 1912, the great Titanic made its, vir its virgin voyage, its maiden voyage. And the captain, before he boarded, he said, even God can't sink this ship. There were 3,300 people on board. The engineers were so confident that the ship structure and the material that it used to design it were so impenetrable that they decided not to put the maximum amount of lifeboats. 3,300 people on board, they only put 1,760 lifeboats. And when the Titanic began to sink, 
There had not been any emergency instructions, so people panicked. There were 1,760 lifeboats, but only 706 people survived because people panicked because they didn't know how to activate the lifeboats and how many people could be on each boat. How did more than 2,000 people die? I want you to know that hundreds of books have been written about why did the Titanic sink? Movies have been produced about the question, why did the Titanic sink? I want to give you the, 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 the succinct and the definitive answer why the Titanic sunk. There were 14 warnings that the captain received that there were icebergs in the area. But guess what? The captain didn't listen. And because he did not listen, thousands of people who could have lived died. I want you to understand that when the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue, the, the opposite side of that is when you mute your mic, life is in death. It's also a test to how you listen because then you'll know the necessary steps to take. And then when you speak, you can give directions to save your marriage. When you speak, you can give wisdom to your children. When you speak, you can know from the word of God how to discern good from evil. When you speak, the word of God, like Samuel said, when I spoke because I listened to God, not a word of God fell on the ground. It always succeeded. There's a blessing in listening, but we have to mute the mic. Now let me conclude by sharing with you how we can become better listeners. And I, I, I'm already said that I have not arrived. I repeat, are you listening? <laughs> Here's the first key principle in becoming a better listener. Stop interrupting <clears throat> while people are speaking. Don't interrupt people when they're talking. I've already shared the script. He who answers the matter before he hears it, it's shameful and foolishness. So let the person finish. I know, I, I know you want to get your point out. I know you know all the answers since the creation of man. Stop interrupting. Secondly, ask questions for clarity. Mark chapter 8, verses 15 through 19. You ask questions because you assume, the Bible says, don't evil surmise. You cannot judge a person's heart. That's God's job. And so one of the ways that you can get clarity is that when, you, when you're really listening, active listening allows you to say to the person that is talking to you, you can ask them, is this what you said? And you simply paraphrase what they said to you. And they say, yep, that's what I said. And then you can ask, is this what you meant by what you said? If you misinterpret what they meant by what they said, you have not communicated. You just told them what they said. And then somebody said, well, I know what you meant. You can't tell me what I meant when I just explained to you this is what I meant. Now, here's the other danger. You can't make words mean what you, whatever you want them to mean. There's no alternative truth. I know what the former president said. There is no alternative truth. If it's true, it is. It's true. Jesus said you shall know the truth, not a truth, 
your truth, what, what works for you. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus said, I am the truth and the life, and no, oh, there's not multiple truths. So get, get, get some clarity. Oh, well, well, let me make sure before I lose it, let me, let me understand what you're saying. Here's a third thing. Be able to accept constructive criticism. The Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. When a scoffer is punished or disciplined, the simple is made wise. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. So if someone comes to you and say, Look, brother, that toilet tissue is dragging from the back of your pants. That kind of suggests that, you know, you need to take care of it. I don't mean telling me. Why are you watching the way I walk anyway? It kind of ain't none of your business. Nobody's attacking you. They're trying to help you not draw unnecessary attention or people to make unnecessary inferences about why you got toilet tissue hanging from the back of your pants. Except constructive, constructive criticism. There's a kernel of truth in what most people say. Gain what you can and throw the rest away. Focus on the need rather than on yourself. You don't have to start and finish every conversation. You ain't on the stage. When do you, here's, here's a skill. When you meet someone, let them talk. Let them get a word in edgewise. You don't have to have a matching story for every, oh, yeah. Oh, you got shot in the head. Well, I got shot in the back of the ankle and the elbow. Wait a minute. I'm talking about this bandage I still have on my head. The bullet is still there. I could die at any minute. Oh, but let me tell you. No, no, no. Focus on the need of others rather than yourself. People don't want to talk because those who talk about themselves all the time refuse to use social media as a substitute for meaningful conversation. If you got something important to say, pick up the phone or set up a meeting. Don't, don't text me. Don't email me. Call me on the phone. There's things that, 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 that I thank you, Jesus. In the heat of the moment, I want to jump on the text and just, oh, just let somebody have it. In the name of the Lord, let me show you how much Bible I know. Let me undress you, redress you, and then expose you to the world. Let me, no, no, no. And then the Holy Spirit makes me pause. I don't send out group text messages to if I have a problem with one person. I'm not trying to get you on my side. I'm trying to get it right. I want God to be pleased. And so I'm going to pick up the phone and call you. Now, if I call you, that doesn't mean it's a problem. I'm just simply saying, by calling you, you matter to me, and I don't want to just communicate to you through some media platform. Listen to learn rather than to judge. 
Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Jesus says, judge not, for in the same manner that you judge, you will be judged. And here's how we do that. You're already figuring out your answer before the person even finishes. Click, click, click. Your eyes are just going to... The person's still talking. You already decided what they meant and what they're trying to get at. No, 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 no. Listen to learn rather than to judge. I'm almost done. We already talked about this. Make eye contact with the person that you are talking to. Put the phone down. Put the paper down. Turn the TV off. Give them your undivided attention while you are talking. Well, man, then they're going to want to talk for long. No, usually if you actually take the time to do it, it, it it's going to be quality time. Somebody say amen. Remember, listening to what a person says does not mean you agree with what they're saying. I'm listening to this. You know, we say, this fool, I got to listen to this. How, if, how about if God did that to us every time we prayed? And Lord said, this fool, you think I don't know what you're up to? I don't think, you think I don't know that you think I'm a McDonald's checkout dude at the, at the, at the checkout counter? No, the Bible says he hears our cries. But he also says you, you pray and you don't receive because you ask amiss. If you ask amiss, that is, ask for the wrong motive, God said, I'm not giving it to you. But I do listen. I do listen. And then when we grow up to be spiritual, you know, if you were like, dang, I'm so glad God didn't give me that. Remember that listening to somebody doesn't mean you agree. And some people say, well, you didn't listen. Why? What do you mean I didn't listen? I told you exactly what you said. I explained what it, I told you meant. They mean that you didn't agree. I don't have to agree with what you're saying. The world ain't flat. You can say it is. I'm listening to what you're saying. That doesn't make it true. Well, I saw, I know you think that the sky is blue, but it really isn't blue. It's orange. Oh, I, there's a difference between orange and blue. I heard you. I listened, but you're wrong. Here's the final thing. Shut up. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me say, let me, let me say it like this. Remain silent when nothing is needed to be said. Listen to Proverbs 17, verse 28. Even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent. And discerning if they are, if, and they're considered to be discerning if they hold their tongue. When you talk, now we know. We know what you're thinking. If you keep quiet, one of the most powerful stories in the Bible is about Job, when his friends learned that he was a hospice patient. He was terminally ill. His wife had told Job, curse God, pull the plug and die. They decided, the three of them, we're going to go visit our friend Job. And when they arrived and saw the condition of Job, the first thing they said was nothing. They shut up. They sat in silence in Job's presence for seven days. That was the greatest ministry that they could have given to Job, just to be quiet. Some of us think that you go to a hospital room, you got to sit on somebody's, on, on their IV tube and, 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 and pull out their name. Let me see if you breathe it right. No, just be present. You don't have to say anything. 
silence is not an enemy. It's a virtue. I don't know how many funerals I've done, and I've gone in a room with people just crying their eyes out, and I introduced myself, and I said nothing else. I just was there. If you need me, I'm here. I don't have any answers, but I'm here. I know I, I can't fully understand the depth of your pain, but I'm here. Just be quiet. You don't have to say anything to be ministering. You just need to be led by the Spirit of God in the circumstance. Close your Bible. You don't need to quote nothing. That's not what is called for in that moment. One of the most famous and flawed characters in the Bible is a man named Samson. He is famous because of his supernatural feats of strength. He's the first Mr. Universe with supernatural power that came not from the gym, but from God. But Samson is also one of the most flawed individuals in the entirety of God's word. He was a moral wreck. He was a he-man with a she-weakness. There wasn't a skirt that he saw that he didn't try to conquer. The first words that came out of Samson's mouth in the Bible was, I saw a woman. Four words, I saw a woman. And then he said, go get her for me. Let's not pray. I don't care if she's not saved. That, that girl is fine. That's where Michael Jackson might have got his song from. That girl is fine. But before Samson was even born, God told his parents, I have a call and an anointing on this boy's life. He is going to be a deliverer of my people from the enemies. I'm going to empower him with the Holy Spirit that he will possess superhuman strength. But in order to accomplish what I'm calling him to do, I want him to live a sanctified, set-apart life. He's going to be a Nazarite. No razor shall ever touch his head. He should never touch a corpse, a dead body, nor shall he indulge in strong drinking. From the time Samson was in his mother and father's presence as an infant, I'm sure they told him, this is what God has called you. When he would ask, why can't I get a haircut? Why can't I be like, they would say, you are set apart unto God as a Nazarite. He heard, he heard, he heard what his call was. And from time to time, when he wasn't fooling around with women, he actually went through with the call of God on his life. But he ignored what he had been taught and what he had been what he heard for years, he never listened. And so finally we come to Judges 16, and this mighty man of valor has had his eyes gouged out by the Philistine army. They literally pulled his eye sockets out. They put him in bondage. They cut his hair. They took him to a place where he could be publicly humiliated, he couldn't bathe. They laughed at him. They threw stones at him. They mocked him. But as he was working in, 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 the, in, the, in a place of bondage, the Holy Spirit began to talk to Samson again. 
And unlike in the past, Samson didn't ignore. He heard in the past the call of the Holy Spirit, but he didn't listen. But now that he's in bondage, now that he's been separated from God, now that he's experiencing humiliation, now that the chastisement of God is on him, he began to listen. And as he is listening, he remembered that God is the God of a second and a third and a tenth and a twelfth chance. And he, he cried out to that God and he said, Lord, if you would hear me, if you simply would forgive me for not listening, if you forgive me for not obeying you, if you forgive me for simply being a hearer of your word and not a doer of your word, I will, I will serve you in the Lord restored Samson. And the Bible said in his last day, he killed more Philistines in one day than he killed in his entire lifetime. But just think about it. If Sansom had listened during his lifetime, how many doors of opportunity closed? How many lives could have been spared? How many generations could have been impacted for the good of God if he had simply listened? I want you to understand something, brothers and sisters. We don't want to be like Samson. God has a call on your life. He has a destiny that he's already predetermined. You are anointed and appointed by God to be separated unto him. But in order to live a separated life, you've got to hear the word. The Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. You've got to listen to this word and you've got to apply it and today may be your last day to respond the bible says seek ye the lord while he may be found call on him while he's near the scripture says the moment that you hear god's voice listen because the more you postpone listening to god the harder your heart becomes and the closer you get to the place where the doors of opportunity to fulfill God's call for your life are closing. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, if you mute the mic and listen, God will bless you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to listen. We can start today. God, may we be willing to respond in obedience to the things that we need to hear from you. Lord, I'm praying for every marriage where walls have been built, where defenses have become strongholds, where we've decided that we have heard the same story enough where we have placed a white flag and basically said, I surrender, it can't get any better. May we recognize, Lord, that that is not how you do us. Your mercies are new every day, and you are faithful. Father God, may we follow your example of how to listen to the cries of others so that they will be heard and we can respond by meeting real needs, and love will deepen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord.